Hello everyone, welcome back to Chibi and Chilled Anime Podcast, the podcast that talks all about all things anime, all things manga, anything that you're kind of thinking Japan related, it's about anime, it's about manga, I'm going to be talking about it on this podcast, so be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. So I'm your host Ryan and I'm a massive anime and manga fan and I have been for many 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 years, since the 90s, since I was a kid and that fad has never truly ended. So a few things before we dive into today's episode. Down in the episode show notes you'll find links to my Etsy shop where you can find a bunch of anime themed goodies for you to shop and enjoy. So there's pin badges, there's stationery, there's keyrings and more. Whether you're a One Piece fan, a Jujutsu Kaisen fan, a Pokemon fan, a Mario fan or anything else, you'll find a goodie on the shop for you to check out. There's something for every anime and manga fan over there. Right now, there's also 25% off most items on the shop, so be sure to check out everything at a great deal. The link is down in the footer in the show notes, so be sure to check out my Etsy shop, Chibiweave Merch on Etsy. If you're a gamer, much like me, then why not check out Razer? You can find a bunch of accessories from mouses, keyboards, headsets, mouse mats and more to the bigger stuff like gaming laptops and desktops. Over on Razer website, link down below, you can shop a whole host of gaming accessories from the Chroma range, which is all colourful, which is my favourite stuff, to more sleek black stuff, including even their own merchandise, clothing, bags and accessories. There's something for everyone, and with the holiday season coming up, it's November now, why not check out Razer.com for your holiday shopping for the gamer in your life. Maybe it's you, why not treat yourself? The link is down below for you to check out and shop. So this episode is all about the continuation of the One Piece saga that I've been doing here on the podcast where I review the arcs as I finish them and I make my way through the 1000 plus episodes of One Piece. And this time it's all about the iconic Dresrosa arc, one of the most loved arcs of the series. In this episode, I'll dive through the kind of key points of the story, my thoughts on some of the areas and what we can look forward to in the next arc. Right now, as we're recording this, I'm on whole cake, so, so much to unpack, so much to still experience. But let's dive into Dresrosa from One Piece. Dresrosa is the 27th story arc of the manga, and it's both the second and last story arc of the Dresrosa saga and the fourth story arc of the second half of the series. And this is one of the most iconic arcs in One Piece and it's often stated as being too long with some areas taking a little too long in terms of pacing like the battle with Pika but we'll dive into that. However this is one of the most loved arcs in One Piece and it's one of the most emotionally charged arcs I think. But let's dive into some of the key standout moments for this arc and the first one is toys. So one of the main features of the storyline of the island of Jezrosa is this idea of toys and specifically humans being turned into toys by sugar. And I wasn't sure how I felt about this part of the story and I'm still a little bit unsure now but I do like the idea of the concept of it, I guess, the idea of it. And there's a lot of emotion behind people not only being turned into toys and forced into slavery if they manage to kind of remember who they were and interact with their loved ones, try and get them to remember them, but also the emotion of their loved ones forgetting them, like completely forgetting their existence, like their entire life just didn't have them. And I think that's something that is real world scary and upsetting. 
but seeing it portrayed in an anime is really interesting and it that is one of the really odd things about One Piece is its ability to tackle real world issues much like Alzheimer's and dementia and that kind of idea of forgetfulness and forgetting and a kind of absence I guess and turn it into something that suits the world of One Piece and kind of tell that kind of story in a different way interesting and I thought this kind of concept of toys I wasn't entirely sold on the toy specific idea but I loved the concept of kind of forgetting and kind of being whisked away and being removed out of someone's life in in a one piece style but in dress rosa we also see the return of sabo and sabo is easily easily one of my favorite characters and i kind of felt the coliseum bit where we get to see the return of sabo was a little bit long i have to say i was kind of really eager to move past this point and move past that kind of part in the story however i kind of do understand why it was long it does help kind of set up all the characters that help Luffy during the battle later on. So they kind of are necessary. The length of the arc is necessary. And it's that bit of the story where we see the reappearance of Sabo and Sabo reintroduce himself to Luffy. And it's kind of funny that Sabo had the exact same outfit on from being a kid when we saw him last time hundreds of episodes ago. And it kind of makes me think, did he kind of search for the exact same outfit as he grew up? Did he never change? That's kind of interesting and kind of weird. But we got to see a lot of Sabo's backstory following on from his incident and the introduction and his introduction to the Revolutionary Army and his memory loss. And that kind of mini theme there of memory loss tying into Jeshosa quite well. And we finally we do see him take on the Flame Flame Fruit from ace kind of ace's legacy i guess he kind of takes on and that is the best possible outcome and it's one that i, I think holds a lot of emotion behind it. it's kind of taking his brother's legacy and kind of giving it a new life i guess absolutely love sabo and cannot wait to see more of him as the story progresses another character that we get to see obviously a lot of is the main character for this arc is Don Flamingo and we learned a lot about Don Flamingo in his life as an exiled celestial dragon and we already kind of know about people's attitudes and thoughts behind the celestial dragons and we learned that his father was much more humble along with his brother Roxinante and we saw a lot of his hatred towards humans themselves and towards living like a human as well and he did not understand why his father and a mother wanted to even trial this or even want to do this he did not understand and we saw a lot of his hatred towards that way of life and he didn't understand why he couldn't have slaves why he couldn't live like a celestial dragon anymore and as a young kid as a young celestial dragon enslaving and dehumanizing people were part and parcel of life that was just how they lived however when his request was denied to rejoin or go back up to being a celestial dragon, he caused trouble for the nobles and started to blackmail his way into becoming a warlord, which is where is that at this point in the story? And Don Flamingo has no emotion for no sadness or anything like that around it. He has a lot of hatred, but not specifically sadness or regret. And Don Flamingo shows this perfectly by murdering his brother Roxinante 
which is obviously a heinous crime, but it did not make him sympathetic or anything. He saw him as a tool to be used and needed to get rid of him after being crossed, I guess, by Corazon or Rosinante. And it's one of the most iconic One Piece characters. Don Flamingo is iconic. He's much loved, but even though he's a villain, we all love a villain, but he is one of the most loved and iconic One Piece characters. And he does have the world's most weird walk, but we can look past that. It's fine. But really interesting to see so much of Don Flamingo's power and his attitude towards life and everyone around him and how he so easily will get rid of them, even though he will also protect them, his family specifically, or what he deems his family, how he'll so eagerly protect them, but then get rid of them if they cross him. But then speaking of his family, we also see a lot about Corazon, Rosinante, and Law, and these episodes were where we see Law as a child and his backstory and his relationship that built with Corazon and the Don Quixote family more in a different lie, I guess. So we get to see the kind of backstory or hidden backstory to them too. And there's so much emotion during these episodes and we got to learn how powerful Law's Opiopinomi fruit powers are in Sark as well. And there's so much power behind that fruit. It's like the world's most powerful fruit at this point in the story anyway. And there's so many different powers to the fruit. And this is why... One of them in particular being granting immortality, which is why Don Flamingo wanted the fruit in the first place, because you have to commit suicide, essentially, in order to use that power. The user will die while granting someone else immortality, which was Don Flamingo's endgame with Law and essentially Corazon. It's this bit of the arc, though, that we see so many iconic moments and moments that we see so many people's love for. So we see like Corazon stealing the devil fruit, but uses his own power to kind of silence the, the area around him. So no one actually heard anything. Corazon smiling at Law in the box and Corazon unfortunately being shot by Don Flamingo. And Corazon very quickly became one of the standout characters for me in this arc and made me love Law even more knowing his backstory and his relationship with Corazon. The festive season is here and with that is my new range of Christmas card designs over on thoughtful.co.uk. Over there you'll find my three new Christmas cards for mum, boyfriend and husband all available to purchase right now in a bunch of new sizes including ones filled with chocolate, champagne, flowers and your normal standard A5 and A4 cards. You'll find a link down in the show notes to shop my three new Christmas cards, a Father's Day card and a Happy Birthday card so be sure to check out thoughtful.co.uk for your Christmas cards this year. So alongside these kind of main character backstories we get a lot of side character backstories as well which makes this arc stand out in a different way. So we got one for Senor Pink, and this one is so sad, but so interesting. And it's about how he once felt pain and why pain means nothing to him now. And his fight with Frankie seemed like a kind of fight of the macho-ness, but the battle of who gives the most pain, I guess, who can withstand the most. But Senor Pink's past was illuminated, his current behaviour and explain why he had this kind of odd baby-like appearance and particularly his pacifier glued to his mouth. This was one of the most emotional backstories in this arc because of the kind of 
it felt the most relatable to the real world and it's so real and so kind of visceral it's so interesting it's these moments that make one piece one of the most interesting and deep anime for me and one that really makes it stand out from the rest it really tackles these real world issues of losing a baby and this kind of deep emotion that comes with that obviously and how it kind of tells mini stories behind these quite cartoonish characters this was one of the most interesting backstories in the whole of one piece not only the dress rose arc and had to mention this on the podcast we also then get to see gear four so we finally get to see the reveal of gear four for luffy and i loved loved the transition for the animation for this gear when you first see it and there's this blending with the swirls of his devil fruit it's so so cool and i have to say i was really excited to gear four i'm not crazy about the mouth shape that he has for some reason in this gear but very cool there is this kind of comedy vibe to it as well with the bounce man kind of theme and how he just kind of someone in the crowd later on in the arc kind of says why won't you stop bouncing it's kind of fun it pokes fun at itself and really really cool what's interesting is i saw a comment on social media and it kind of said that if gear four if normal people can't see hacky then he just looks really big and fat but to people that can use Hacky and obviously in the anime, you can see all of the Hacky on the design. So it's really interesting to see how these gears look to non-Hacky users. That kind of struck with me a little bit. It's really interesting. But loved seeing this. Obviously, the next gear is gear 5, which we see in the Wano arc. So cannot wait to reach that point in the story. We do get to see as well the kind of impact that these gears have on luffy the bigger they are the more impact that impact they have so gear four once he's kind of used that he can't use hack it or kind of do anything for 10 minutes after which 10 minutes can be a long time in these situations for luffy so we get to see a lot of the kind of growth that has to happen for luffy to be able to progress further in the new world and progress his use of gears further the next kind of standout bit for me is kind of minor but it does impact the story but it's so so fun and of course it involves Usopp and it's one of my absolute favorite bits of the Jezros arc and it's the attack that Usopp and Kunjiro's painting ability had on Sugar and it's kind of that kind of partnered attack but they kind of painted that cartoon scary version of Usopp to fire at Sugar in order to scare her and make her kind of pass out again after it works so well in the kind of underground bit and I loved this I rewound this scene like three times I just had to see it again it's just iconic and it's moments like this that reaffirm Usopp with his position in the Straw Hats the kind of comedy element that he brings to the crew and the show in general is just priceless when you kind of see Usopp not only kind of pair and use innovative ideas like this but then also his reactions with Robin and the kind of stark dark statements that she uses and says and how he's kind of like don't say things like that don't say it like that it's so so great and this is one of my most iconic scenes and we see this also with the statue as well of Usopp or Usaland it's it's him after eating the soup hot grape that they tried to trap sugar with 
it's just so perfect. I absolutely loved this moment in the Jezro's arc. I know it's not the biggest moment in the arc at all. It's not the most impressive bit, but it's so, so fun. And I'm so here for any of the light comedy to kind of sit alongside these darker themes that are very present in Dresrosa. Overall, this is one of the most filled arcs of One Piece, and it's no wonder why it is one of the most loved. There is so much to unpack with this arc. I've had to leave so much out to make sure that this episode wasn't a part two or part three or part four. There's so much to unpack, but I think my favourite part of the arc, if I kind of separate it out, apart from the user land bit that I've just mentioned, is the relationship that we start to see between Corazan and Trafalgar Law. That is so... The episodes for that are so good. The pacing on those ones specifically works so well, and it does kind of contrast some of the other areas. I do think some areas were a bit too long and could have been shortened a little bit, especially the Coliseum fight, or the specifically, more specifically, the fight with Pika, the kind of moment where he's kind of walking towards, where Pika is walking towards the area where Usopp is and Kanjiro is and everyone is. And the kind of slow movement, I know it's, it's meant to be slow because he's like a giant, he's like a, bigger than a giant, giant made of stone. I do get it. But at the same time, I needed him to get sliced much quicker. I just needed that moment to kind of just happen a little bit quicker. But I do understand that it's kind of builds the tension maybe, but I needed to move on. However, I do understand that with the Coliseum fight that we would miss it out on key elements if we didn't have it at the pace that it was. Like the relationship between the other Coliseum fighters and Luffy for the big fight was super, super key. So we couldn't really get any of that missed. So I'm here for it. I understand it. Overall, this arc was so, so good. I could not stop watching this arc at all. I can't stop watching One Piece in general, but this arc really, really stood up to the hype, I have to say. There's no wonder why this arc is so, so loved. It is very long. You kind of have to stick through to it, but it is very, very good. I love this one. The next arc is Zoom, which is much shorter. I think it's 36 episodes off by heart remembering, but super, super cool. There's a lot in that arc to kind of unpack as well. And then, then the next one is the next very big arc, which is Whole Cake Island. As at the time of recording, I am on episode 825, I think, I believe. So I'm in Whole Cake Island. So a lot to unpack on that one. And I am loving that arc so far. So I think I'll do a bumper edition of the episodes for that one, Zoo and Whole Cake Island. Potentially, let's see. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Chibi and Chill, the anime podcast. Let me know what you thought of the Dressrosa arc down in the reviews. Please do leave a rating and a review. It really does support the show and how it's found and kind of how people find the show on all the various podcast platforms. It's very much appreciated and it's free and quick to do. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for checking this out. I really do appreciate every single listen, every follow, every download. It really does mean a lot. From one weep to another, thank you so much. 
If you're wanting any anime merch, head over to my social media links. Head, find me on social media, find me on TikTok, Instagram, all that good stuff. And you'll see a link to my eBay shop where I have a bunch of anime themed prints for you to check out with worldwide shipping. Please do leave a rating and a review on the podcast platform that you're listening on this to. It really does support the show. It only takes a few seconds and it's free. I cannot ask. If I ask one thing of you, I'd ask that. Please do leave a rating and a review. Even if it's not great, please let me know. You know, it's even a bad one. Well, bad press is always... what. No, what's the saying? Any press is good press, I guess. Oh, that rhymed. So, so, a rating and a review would be great. It really does support the show. So, thank you so, so much for whatever roof can review you do leave. Sometimes finding a birthday card or an occasion card can be a boring task. However, I have some anime themed cards on my thoughtful.co.uk creator profile, which is found in my links on social media. Over on Thoughtful, you'll find a bunch of anime themed cards, such as Studio Ghibli Happy Birthday cards and more with my range being updated regularly. Each card is processed by thoughtful.co.uk with shipping being fast, quick and efficient. You can shop my anime themed cards over on my Instagram with my links being over on there. Search Chibi Weeb Anime and you'll find me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It really does mean a lot. Please do leave a rating and a review down below. It really does support the show and it's free to do. I'll see you next time. I'll see you next Friday. Have a great weekend. If you're a subscriber or if you're thinking of subscribing or starting the free trial on Apple Podcasts, I'll see you on Sunday for the next episode of the Chibi Peace exclusive Apple Podcast exclusive episode on Sunday. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.